So Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that you are here. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is, is new and your word is powerful. And Father God, I pray that you will have your way in this place tonight, Lord God. Lord, we came out tonight because we're hungry and we want to hear from you, Father God. Lord, we're not here by accident. We are here on divine purpose, Father God, because you destined for us to be here tonight. So Father, help us draw from your word tonight. Help us draw from your word tonight and help us grab your word by faith tonight, Father God. And Lord God, as we grab it tonight, I thank you for chains that are going to be broken. I thank you for the sick that are going to be healed. I thank you for the captives that are going to be set free. And I thank you, Father God, that your word is powerful and it will do what it's been sent out to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Do you believe it? <laughs> Hallelujah. I come to stir you, okay? No sleeping on my shift, all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the assurance of things that we're hoping for, the evidence of things that we've not yet seen. So faith is this knowing, is this believing that all that God has said in his word will happen, that all that God has said in his word is true and it's available for us today. This is not your case, Sarah, Sarah kind of faith. Whatever will be, will be kind of faith. This is the faith of God. This is unstoppable faith. This is unshakable faith. A certainty that something is going to happen when you stand on the word of God. Yes? Simply because God said it. And simply because God is here amongst us. And God does not lie. Will not lie. Cannot lie. And he's bound to his word. So Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And it says, for he who comes to God must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God has made a promise to us if we diligently seek him, if we believe that he's alive, if we believe that he's real, he says we're going to be rewarded. Come on, does anybody want to be rewarded? Does anybody want God to answer their prayers? Does anybody want God to move in their life? So God says, come on, he says, if we come to him, we must believe that he's real, that he's alive and that he will reward us for seeking him. So I believe in God. I believe he answers prayer. And I must tell you, in my young walk with God, I never seen him work like this before in my life. So let me start with a testimony. <laughs> I usually finish with a testimony, but tonight I want to start with a testimony. I was a baby Christian and I went out and I evangelized and I, I went to hospitals and I saw the sick healed, right? I, I, I served in the church. I was on the worship team. I did children's ministry. I did women's ministry. I did everything that you could possibly do in a church. But then one day all hell broke out against me, right? And I didn't know what was happening. I lost everything that I had, everything that I had. My, my spouse, my, my business, and I was in the process of losing my house. And everything happened in a couple of months and I was beside myself with fear, anxiety, stress, grief. 
you name it. And I was consumed in this fear. And if you've ever been held in fear, like, like I was held in that fear, it's, it's black, it's dark, it's oppressive, and it confines you and it holds you. And I thought I was never, never going to come out. And I remember going to the church and asking them, what is going on? What's going on? I'm going out doing all God's work and, and I don't know what's going on. But to cut a long story short, I'm going to go to where I was just so broken. And, and I was sitting on the veranda day after day and I couldn't read the word. I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't pray. All I could do was sit there, sit there and do nothing, not even think. And as I was doing that one day, God came down and sat next to me and God started to speak to me. And God said, Anne-Marie, start to believe for a house. I said, God, I can't believe for a house. A few days later, God came again. He said, Anne-Marie, start to believe for a house. I said, God, today I can believe that me and the kids will be living in the gutter. A few days later, God came again. He said, Anne-Marie, start to believe for a house. I said, God... Today I can believe that we, we, we can live in a caravan park. <laughs> a few days later, God said, he came again. He said, Anne-Marie, look at the house across the street. He said, what would you do with it if it was yours? And I looked at it and it was a rented house and it was broken down. And I, and I said, God, I, I would paint the eaves. I would paint the gutters. I would paint the doors. I, I'd change the curtain stuff. I, I, I'd fix up the garden. And then God said to me, Anne-Marie, go across the road and go and knock on the door and ask for the phone number of the people who own the house because it was being rented. So I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> I just did whatever I heard God do without arguing, without questioning, without why, God. I just went, I don't know why. I just went across the road. I knocked on the door and the renters came to the door and I said, can I have the phone number of the people who own the house? Next minute, the phone rings, right? They said, excuse me. They went and answered the phone. They said, oh, it's the owners. Do you want to talk to the owners now? God said, yes, you want to talk to them? I said, yes, I want to talk to them. I thought, what am I going to talk about, God? And I'm walking in, and God says, ask them if they're interested in selling their house. So I asked them, are you interested in selling your house? They said, yes, we're just going to the real estates today, and we're going to put our house on the market. God says, ask them how much they want for the house. And God puts a figure in my head. And they said exactly the amount that God put in my head. And then God says to me, ask them, will they sell it to you? I said, will you sell it to me? They said, yes. We'll go to the solicitor. We'll send down the paperwork to you and, and we'll get it all organized. And then I said goodbye and I walked out and I thought, what the heck's going on here? I am going bankrupt. I'm losing everything that I own. But God has just got me to ask those people to send this contract down to me so I can buy their house. Well, what I want to say to you is that I don't know how to this day, and I am very good at maths, I do not know how to this day, how God sorted everything out, got me completely out of debt, right? Completely out of debt. He, he got everybody to bend over backwards, the barristers, the solicitors, the, the real estate people, everybody bent over backwards, and this house ended up being my house. See, I thought I was going to be living on the street. <laughs> I thought I could maybe live in a caravan, but God, God had bigger plans, right? 
And so what happened next was I ended up moving into that house. And I remember being in that house maybe, maybe three months. I was working and, and all of a sudden the, fa- the, the, the workplace that I was working for shut down. And that meant my job was finished. And instantly I went into panic. Instantly, I went into fear. Instantly, I thought, oh my gosh, here we go again. I'm going to lose everything that I own, right? And all of a sudden, I heard God call out, Anne-Marie, do you want to go around the wilderness again? I said, no, God, no, God. He said, didn't I look after you before? Didn't I get you out of debt? Didn't I, didn't I open up doors? Didn't I do miracle after miracle? And all I could say was, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. And all I could do was fall down on my knees and say, God, God, God I'm sorry. And then God said to me, what if you do lose your house? Don't you think that I could get you another one? And then he said to me, don't you know by now how much I love you? Don't you know that I hold you in the palm of my hand and that I love you? and that I will never leave you or forsake you. And all I could do was fall down on my knees and ask God to forgive me because I'd forgotten how faithful he had been. I'd forgotten how he got me out of debt. I'd forgotten how he got me out of all that trouble. I'd forgotten how he got me out of the gutter and how he got me into a house. And so how quickly do we forget the goodness of God? How quickly do we forget what God has done for us when when trouble comes, when disaster comes, and, and we start to fear and we start to worry? But, but it was so amazing. A little while after that, somebody knocked on my door and they came and offered me a job. Then I had a phone call. Somebody else offered me a job. Then I went down the street ministering for the Lord and somebody else offered me a job. I had three jobs I had to choose from which job to go to. See, God will never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. God is an awesome God. And God is real and God is alive. And see, because I saw God, Because I saw how amazing God is, because I saw what he did for me, no one can ever take that away from me. No one can ever make me think there is no God. No one can ever make me think that God cannot do a miracle in my life. No one can ever tell me that God is not real and that God is dead because I know God is real and I know God is alive and I know God is powerful and I know God loves you and I know God will never leave you or forsake you or abandon you. So in this hour that we live in, I feel like God is wanting to stir us, to stir us to believe in God like never before. It's vital that we know God. It's vital that we know he's alive and that he's real and that he's powerful and that he is the only God. So I come tonight to stir you. (laughs) That's my gift, to stir you, to challenge you to ignite the flame of God within you, not to give up and not to quit. So Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God is a rewarder. I used to spend so much time with God. But God is just God and he will look after his children In Matthew 17, it says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Be removed, and it will be removed. In Matthew 9, 
the woman with the issue of blood, when she, when she said, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. She wasn't thinking maybe he will heal me. She wasn't thinking, wishing and hoping that maybe he will heal her. She knew when she went to Jesus, she knew if she would just touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. We've got to get to that place that when we know. See, Jesus is here right now. The presence of the Lord is in this place. How do I know? Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there is God in our midst. So God is here. He's looking at your heart right now. And all you need to do is reach out and touch him tonight. Touch him tonight and pull down the miracle that you're looking for in Jesus' name. So this woman reached out and touched him. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she reached out and Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Jesus, come on. There's a crowd around you. What do you mean who touched me? Jesus said, no, no, no. This touch was different. The person who touched me made faith go out of me, made power go out of me. And so this woman went to Jesus in faith and it made power go out of Jesus. So tonight, no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening, what room you're in, if you need God to do something in your life, reach out to God tonight believing that God is able to do it, believing that God is able to change your marriage situation, believing that God is able to heal you, believing that God is able to change your financial situation. God is alive and God is real and we've got to start seeing that we serve a power God, a mighty God. He is not dead. He is alive and he, he looks after his people and he walks with his people and he fights the battles for his people. And, and I feel like, I feel like we, we've sort of put God down here and, and I feel like we, we, we've lost there's this faith that we should have in God. And when things happen, we go into anxiety and we go into fear and we go into stress, right? And that, that does not get you answers with God. What God is wanting is for us to believe him and to hang on to him regardless of what is happening and believe that he will bring us through in Jesus' name. Yes? Hallelujah. It's getting hot in here, right? <laughs> Spirit of God is here. Excuse me while I just have some water. <laughs> yeah, it's getting hot. Hallelujah. So John 14 says, John 14 says, Most assuredly, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Mark 16 says, Go out and preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and they shall recover. And these signs will follow those that believe in my name. You know, when I, when I first heard those scriptures, God sent me out. On those first few scriptures, go out, lay hands on the sick, go out, cast out demons. And as a baby Christian, I believe the word of God. I believe that he said, if I go out in his name, that he would follow with signs and wonders. And, and God is true to his word. God does what he says. So, so I remember I used to go out and I used to pray for people. And I used to try so hard. <laughs> I used to think, okay, I've got to go and heal people, right? And I used to try so hard and I, I'd be standing there wishing and, and, and hoping that something would happen. And, you know, one day I had a breakthrough, one day I had a miracle, and I thought, okay, I've got the, I've got the, the secret how to get God to move now, right? And so the next day I went out again and used that same secret, <laughs> but it didn't work right, right? 
I had to see that God is the one who will follow with signs and wonders. I had to start believing and seeing, right, that I, my faith in God and trust in God and believing his word would cause God to move and would cause people to be healed in Jesus' name. All I had to do was be obedient and lay hands on the sick and the rest was up to God. So if anything, I had to start believing God's word. Whatever he said, I had to grab it as gospel truth. I was not to dissect it. I was not to try to work it out or understand it. I just simply had to believe what God said in his word and step out on it in Jesus' name. I had to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, that's the hardest thing to do when you're going through a storm, when your family's going off the rails, when your children are, are, are running riot, when, when everything is going wrong. It's the hardest thing to do, to walk by faith and not by sight. But God is calling us to walk like that. It's like a dog with a bone, right? Remember, I shared it once before. A dog with a bone, he, he's fighting with everything he's got and he's not letting go of that bone. That dog will growl at you when you try to take that bone of him. It'll bark at you. It'll bite you. It'll dig in its heels. A stubborn resistance to give it up, to let it go. So that's how I need to become with the things of God. I need to become like a dog with a bone, with the promises of God, and not let anything steal it away from me in Jesus' name. I need to fight a bit when it comes to the things of God. I need to fight and not allow the enemy to steal it from me or anybody else steal it from me. I need to dig in my heels a bit. I need to growl at the enemy a bit, right? <laughs> Come on. I, I need to bark at the enemy a little bit, right? And, and resist his lies and, and refuse to let him steal from me the promises of God and, and refuse to let other people talk me out of the promise of God because there are times when you are trying to stand and believe and somebody will say, no, God doesn't do that anymore. No, God doesn't heal anymore. No, that was for yesteryear. It's not, it's not for today. They try to steal your faith, but we got to stand there and believe God's word is true in Jesus' name. Come on, because those who believe will receive in Jesus' name. So sometimes I felt like I should have gone to perseverance school, right? <laughs> um, sometimes I, I felt like I needed to go to mean camp, right, to get a little bit meaner when the enemy comes to attack me, right? Or go to, to the persistent camp so I wouldn't sway one minute in doubt and one minute believing. So I could learn to stand on the promises of God and not be shaken when trials come, when offences come, when attacks come, when bad reports come, when hard times come. So I saw that I needed to grow. I saw that I needed to grow. I needed to change, that I couldn't think like I used to think anymore if I wanted to see God move in my life. I had to change in Jesus' name. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting change, right? <laughs> so that's what I used to be like. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting change. So I had to change so God could start to move in my life. And the Lord took me on a journey to grow me. And the Lord will take you on a journey to grow you. Because the Lord wants us to start walking as his mighty army and pushing back powers of darkness and bringing down the kingdom of heaven here on earth in Jesus' name. So Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active and powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and it is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. 
the word of God is powerful and it is alive. You know when I went through that hell when I, I lost everything. It's okay, I've got a spouse now, okay? But you know when I went through hell, <laughs> when, when I lost everything, I, I, I was like a zombie. I, I think maybe I might have had a nervous breakdown. And, and I would just sit there on the, on the floor. I would get the kids off to school, but I would just sit there. And this lady, this crazy, wacky lady, she would come and she would pick me up and she would take me to where the word of God was being preached, where the, the, the organic word of God was being preached. And every time I sat there and I heard that word of God, that word of God would start to ignite my spirit. That word of God would start to encourage me. That word of God would start to divide between the soul and the spirit and the thoughts and intents of my heart. And that word of God would start to bring healing and would start to set me free. That word of God would cause me to rise up, to rise up, to rise up and to begin to fight for what God has had, had obtained for me. And so this wacky lady, she, she is the one who caused me to start praying. She's the one who caused me to start walking by faith. She's the one who caused me to start believing for the impossible. We all need somebody wacky and crazy in our lives who will cause us to, to walk by faith, who will cause us to stand up when the storms are coming. Someone who won't sit there and have a pity party with us, but someone who will stand there and encourage us to push through despite the obstacles in Jesus name yes we all need someone like that God is not like man that he should lie his word is not like the nightly news that we see on TV right it's not like Google <laughs> the artificial intelligence it's not like Twitter like Facebook like we heard last week his word is powerful and it will perform in the life of a believer in Jesus name so God led me to Matthew 14, verse 26. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'm looking at Peter, and I think he had foot and mouth disease, right? <laughs> Peter was always getting in trouble, right? He was always saying the wrong thing. But I love this guy, right? I love him. He, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. And so Peter and the disciples were in a boat on the sea one night. You know, they were fishing, and I think they must have been telling each other ghost stories, right? Scary stories. I don't know. Have you ever been camping and you sit around the fire and you all start to tell the most scariest stories, right? Trying to freak each other out, right? Yeah. I reckon Peter and the disciples were sitting in the boat telling scary stories to each other because the next minute they cry out, oh my gosh, a ghost, a ghost, right? They saw somebody walking on the water and they thought it was a ghost, but it was Jesus. <laughs> and immediately Jesus said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's really you, come on. If it's really you, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus took up the challenge. <laughs> Jesus said, come, Peter. <laughs> so here is Peter in the boat. He gets up, he puts his legs over the boat and he's ready to walk on the water. He took the bait. Jesus says, come on, he took the bait. <laughs> and how the Lord likes us to take the bait. He likes to reel us in when we get hooked. So I could just imagine his mates, the other disciples in the boat, looking at him, thinking, he's crazy, man. Thinking, Peter. Don't be stupid. Peter, you can't walk on the water. Peter, 
You can't even swim. Peter, don't do it. Right? And I can see Peter. Peter ignored the negative voices. He ignored, ignored the negative voices around him. You know those voices that try to stop you? That try to reason with you? That say that it's impossible, you can't do it? Peter ignores the voices, right? And he chooses to silence them. And he steps out of the boat. And Peter starts walking on the water. Come on. We read this and we, we don't understand what we're reading. Peter is walking on the water. Anybody here walked on the water lately? Come on. <laughs> Peter walked on the water. That is amazing. That's awesome, right? He got out of the boat and he's walking towards Jesus because he believed what the Lord had said. The Lord said, come. The Lord was saying, you can do it, Peter. So Peter got out of the boat and Peter started walking on the water simply because Jesus said, come. Peter walked on the water. The feeling of absolute victory, joy and excitement, like he's walking on the water. But look what happened. Look at what will cause you to sink, to fall. Peter got into fear. He thought he was going to drown. He saw the waves. He got into fear. He got into doubt. He got into worry. He got into anxiety. He got into reasoning. He got into stress, double-mindedness, voices, negativity. It all happens when you are trying to walk by faith, when you're trying to walk on the water, when you're trying to believe for a miracle. All these voices start to come, and you've got to learn how to silence the voices. But Peter got his eyes off God through doubt, through fear, through stress, through anxiety. Peter took his eyes off God and Peter started to sink right there in the water. (laughs) He's going under. He's crying out, Jesus, help me. But you know what I love? Jesus didn't say, get out of my sight. (laughs) Jesus pulled him out and said, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? The Lord was saying, Peter, you were actually walking on the water, Peter. Did you see it? It was awesome. I'm so proud of you, Peter. You were walking on the water. Peter, you believed what I said, but you just got to tweak the doubt thing, right, Peter? You know that little doubt thing? You just got to tweak it. That little bit of anxiety, that little bit of worry thing, you got to tweak it. So Peter walked on the water. Do you know what that did to him? Do you know what it does when you see God move? Do you know what it does when you see God do a miracle? What it does to your faith? It stirs you, right? It encourages you, right? It makes you want to try again. It makes you want to get up, right? So, so Peter, he, he, you know, something happened in his life. Something was broken. Something was shaken. Something was shifted. Peter's faith level accelerated. You've got to say it accelerated, right? Peter walked on the water. That would accelerate my faith, right? <laughs> So Peter now had bragging rights. He had bragging rights, right? Come on. He had mountain-moving faith inside of him. I reckon that he started walking around continually saying, I walked on the water. (laughs) Come on. I walked on the water. Come on. And I could see his mates, the disciples, saying, oh, but you only walked for five seconds. (laughs) Um, But I could see Peter coming back, but at least I walked for five seconds, right? Come on. (laughs) So I want to encourage us, you know, to start 
walking by faith and not by sight. I know there are people that are watching and people that are here that have been going through storms, that have been going through major storms, through fears, through anxieties, through job problems, through housing problems. Like, I know there are people here. And I believe what God is doing, he's challenging us, challenging us to start believing his word. See, God challenged me when I lost everything. <clears throat> and then he got me into the house. And when all disasters started to happen again, God challenged me because I went back into doubt. God is challenging us to try to step out of the boat and start to believe God for the impossible. Yeah? So I, I know there are people that are struggling with cancer. Even as I talk tonight, I know there are people that are struggling with cancer. And I know there are people whose children are, are on drugs and, and the, the parents are so besides themselves because their children are on drugs. And I know a family who, who, whose income has stopped and, and they are in such dire straits. I know there are people who are going through marriage problems. I know there are people who are going through other sort of problems, but I know that God is God and that God is real and God is alive and that God, if you hang on to him, if you dare to believe and you push through to him, I know God can push you through and pull you through and, and I know God can change circumstances and I know God can do a miracle, but I feel like nothing moves God but faith. If we want to get something from God, we need to rise up in faith, yes? We need to believe God despite the storms that are happening despite the obstacles that are coming against us we need to believe God see God says I want you to walk by faith and not by sight because when we're walking by sight you know we see the disaster we see there's no food on the table we see there's no money in our bank account and we go into fear and to worry right but so God says, I don't want you to look at that. I don't want you to walk in doubt. I don't want you to walk in fear and anxiety. I don't want you to walk and look at what you haven't got. He says, I want you to look at me, 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 the Lord God Almighty, the powerful God who loves you, who cares for you, and who is able to bring you through this in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. God allows the storms to come. Come on. I used to say, God, God, why did you allow that to happen to me? <laughs> I mean, I was serving you, God. Come on. I was seeing many people come to the Lord. I was seeing miracles. I was seeing people healed. People with cancer healed. People who were supposed to die had two days left to live healed by the mighty name of Jesus. I saw those miracles. I saw those miracles and, and I, I knew I loved God and I said, God, God, why did you allow that to happen to me? <laughs> that was the wrong question. <laughs> I needed to say, God, God, what do you want me to learn? God, what do you want me to do? Rather than going into fear and anxiety, I should have asked God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to learn? See, God allows storms to come, to grow us. I tell you, that was the worst year of my life, but it was also the best year of my life because I saw God like I've never seen before. 
Do you know what I'm saying? The worst year of your life, but also the best because God was there. Without God, I would not have made it. Without God, I would not have survived. So I want to encourage you tonight to step out of the boat, (laughs) so to say. If you have a need, start to trust God. Start to trust God that God is able to bring you through, that God is able to turn things around. Yes? So I just want to close in prayer. For all those people that are listening, you know, there's no distance in the spirit realm. And I know God is in your room with you right now, and I know God is here with us. And I just want to pray for you people that are watching. And I just want to encourage you. If you've been anxious, if you've been fearful, if if you've been so stressed, if you've been so worried, I want you to ask God to forgive you. And then I want you to ask God to help you and to guide you and to strengthen you. And then I want you to start trusting God and I want you to start declaring the word of God and believing the word of God and standing on that word of God and standing on that word of God and standing on that word of God until you see your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Yes? Amen.